Welcome to Felicity Was Here, where three superfans of the underappreciated 90s gem Felicity rewatch every episode and discuss one young woman's journey of self-discovery in New York City. So put on your coziest cable knit sweater, grab a cup of Dina DeLuca coffee, and join us in watching the trials and tribulations of one Felicity Porter. Welcome back to Felicity Was Here. I'm Heather. I'm Melissa. And I'm Dr. Joe. And today we're discussing Felicity Season 1, Episode 2, The Last Stand, where Felicity's parents make one final plea for her to come back to California. If you joined us for the pilot, thanks so much for tuning in again. And if you're new to the pod, we are so glad that you're here to appreciate Felicity with us. Uh, A lot happened in the pilot, but don't worry, we will get you all caught up. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey. We've got a podcast officially. We've got a second episode now. It's really happening. So exciting. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) We covered a lot of ground last week in the pilot, but here's a quick recap for everyone who maybe missed the first episode and just wants to dive right in. Uh, But we met Felicity Porter, who is a new high school grad who decides to change her college plans at the very last minute. And instead of following in her father's footsteps at Stanford pre-med, follows Ben, most popular Covington, to the University of New York after receiving a very heartfelt note from him in her yearbook. However, once she's in New York, Felicity realizes that her decision wasn't really about Ben, who she has never really spoken to prior to graduation, but it was really about finally making a decision on her own and gaining some independence. Felicity quickly forms a friendship with Julie, who's a musician and a classmate and a doormate, as well as her resident advisor, Noel. But we've already have a very tangled love triangle, or I guess maybe a love square developing. (laughs) It's a tangled web. Uh, Despite saying that she's fine every single five minutes, Felicity is actually still in love with Ben, even though she's just trying to be friends with him and saying that she's totally over him. And to make matters more complicated, Ben is into Julie. But Julie's agreed not to see Ben romantically anymore since Felicity has or had feelings for him. Felicity has also confided in Noel about her strong feelings for Ben, but Noel has admitted that he has feelings of his own for Felicity. So there is a lot of pining going on already. (laughs) That's a lot. That's lots of love going around. Love web. Tangled web. Yeah, definitely a tangled web. Every good show has to have a love triangle or square. Or square. (laughs) So in this second episode, The Last Stand, um, Felicity's parents, we find out, linger in New York trying to understand her decision. Noel deals with a potentially homicidal student, and Ben receives a note from Felicity, which is putting it lightly. Um, The episode was written by J.J. Abrams again and directed by Matt Reeves. And I actually looked up a couple of fun facts about Felicity, not necessarily just this episode, uh, but we know that she's at the University of New York, which is a fictional school in Mm -hmm. New York. And even though shows like Friends, Gossip Girl, NYPD Blue, and many more were given permission to use the name New York University, which would be kind of the you know, the school most people think about when they think of New York, Uh, the school actually denied Felicity that they could use their name, stating that it feared the show would portray topics too racy for the university to be associated with. And that's why the college in the show is called UNY instead. And I just thought that was really funny because while while the show deals with, yes, complicated topics and sometimes serious topics, it's not gratuitous. Like Gossip Girl to me is more scandalous. They're kids. They're in high school. So I thought this Mm -hmm. was really funny. Yeah, I would think of like schools in New York as being like kind of melting pots for all kinds of types of people and ideas. So it's interesting that they were worried about that. 
fun fact, the Olsen twins went to NYU. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I know that, but it's true. <laughs> I think a lot of uh, actors have gone there. Another fun fact. So while we met both Ben and Noel last week, we know that Scott Foley plays Noel Crane, but he was actually originally cast to play Ben Covington. Um, the producers were unable to find someone to play the role of Noel very well. So they asked Scott Foley to play Noel and set out to find a new Ben who they obviously got Scott Speedman in the end. And when I think about these roles, Scott Foley is just so much uh -huh. Noel to me. Yeah. I can't picture him being Ben. Yeah. His eyes aren't squinty enough to be Ben. Ah! <laughs> yeah. They made a good casting choice there. I mean, we know he can play a, a jock and kind of a jerk not that Ben's a jerk but he can play a different role from Dawson's Creek we can see that but I still don't see him as the very brooding pensive Ben Covington no he there's just something about his face that's I don't know sweet like the boy next door it's not it's baby the face yeah it's not the smoldering like you know super sexy guy <laughs> I mean Noel I think you're super sexy but <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode. So we finally have opening credits and Felicity's theme. It was so lovely to see this finally, mm -hmm. uh, even though it took the second episode to get to, because to me, it's just very uh, quintessential of the show. Mm -hmm. And the song itself was written by J.J. Abrams and Larry Klein. So J.J. is a man of many talents. He can write, direct, uh, compose. I, I'm just blown away. Um, and the singer-songwriter of the song is Judith Owen. So apparently two weeks before the show was set to debut, they still didn't have a theme recorded. And J.J. had recorded a version, but it didn't really feel right. So him and Larry Klein actually revamped it and two weeks later it was a part of the show uh, so I thought that that was really interesting that it was put together so quickly and it's yeah. just such a beautiful opening opening uh, intro yeah they nailed it that's so so cool I love that yeah I love the um, black and white photos that go with that song it just really makes that opening it makes me want to get a camera and take pictures of random people and my friends on a city street <laughs> blurry pictures I scheduled a black and white photo shoot for all of us in the city, by the way. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> all right. Get my chunky sweaters yeah. out. <laughs> Fall is coming, so it'll be the perfect time for that. Uh, and the black and white photos are just so pensive and dramatic and fit very much uh, with the vibe of the show. The opening scene, we have Felicity again sitting on her bed, uh, speaking into her tape recorder, and she seems pretty happy. So she goes into her tape to Sally. Dear Sally, okay, listen. You're not going to believe this. First of all, New York is the best. Thank God I decided to stay here. And we get some more slow-mo iconic imagery of Felicity walking down the city streets. She continues to narrate that at first New York seemed very scary, but she felt like one snowflake in a crazy blizzard and realized that everyone's one snowflake in the blizzard. I thought that was pretty. She's also wearing a very classic Fair Isle sweater. She's in her folklore era, very cozy vibes in that amazing sweater. And she tells Sally that she knows her parents are freaking out now that they're back in California. So she calls them a lot from a payphone, no less, uh, and leaves them 10-minute voicemails to let them know that New York isn't swallowing their daughter whole. And so this is kind of our teaser moment as to what's coming in the rest of the episode. 
Yeah, I found that interesting that she was only able to leave messages and they weren't talking to her or calling her back. And I was like, what's going on there? 10 minute messages. Like you'd think they'd be responding to that. So, okay, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. So then we see Felicity sitting on her bed again, cutting to poetry class, continuing to narrate to Sally what's going on in her life and tells her, here's the thing that you're not going to believe. She's over Ben. So again, she doth protest too much. She's a totally over Ben. <laughs> she thought things might be weird between her and Julie, but she talked to Julie and Julie's also totally over Ben. How convenient. They're both over Ben. Yeah, they're both over Ben. Yes. <laughs> but in an amazing slow-mo shot, we see Felicity staring longingly at Ben. And just behind her, Julie is staring longingly at Ben. I love that shot. <laughs> makes me yeah, laugh me too i love that um neither one of them can see that the other one's doing that because of the way they're yeah. uh, lined up in front of and behind each other so they can't tell oh wait we both still are totally digging him and a quick shout out the cinematographer is robert primes who is known for money talks quantum leap and 30 something which are some shows and movies from way back in the day he hasn't done anything huge recently but he did do most of the first season of felicity so wanted to give him a quick shout out because as we've said the the shots are just gorgeous in this show so next we have ben approaching felicity after class at which point julie conveniently excuses herself immediately so it's like yeah she's totally over him it's not weird at all yeah okay whatever so two days later ben confirms to felicity that she's staying he smiles very sweetly at her and felicity's like what he's like nothing nothing i just can't figure you out i mean who wouldn't want a hot guy to say i just can't figure you out with a sly little smile I would love that. And there's more <laughs> smiling from Ben. And, you know, Felicity's kind of maybe got some thoughts going on in her head. Like, hmm, what does that mean? Maybe that means something good. That coy smile. <laughs> classic, classic Ben Cummington smile. We're all wondering what he's thinking. Felicity included. Yes. What's behind that smile? What does it mean? And then we've got some here. Um, she goes again. Here's what you won't believe. She says that a few times in the beginning. So I was like, wow, she's she's uh, really heavy on the you're not going to believe this to Sally in this episode. So, um, so here, this is really here's the thing. Yeah, you won't now believe. this is for real this time. You're not going to believe this. So Felicity's at the work study job and she's doing some filing. And here we see that Mrs. Jessup lets her know, lets Felicity know that someone called the missions office a young man. <laughs> asking if they could access students' college application essays. Hers. Nope. Mrs. Jessup shut that down. So he hung up without leaving a name. Mrs. Jessup then congratulates Felicity on having an admirer. And as we saw last episode, Felicity read Ben's application essay. So, of course, she starts thinking things because ben's smiling at her and you know looking down and very coy when they're talking she's she's starting to think some things so she goes to noel of course uh goes to his dorm room he's typing away writing an essay and he gets a knock at the door it's felicity of course and she gives him the floor calendar that she promised from last week which is a funny callback <laughs> um I like that yeah, they did that. Like, finally finished that floor calendar that you were so eager to get. <laughs> and then she asks Noel, did you call the admissions office today asking for my essay? 
and Noel just looks very confused. He's like, no, what, what, what are you talking about? Why? And she, you can tell she wants to talk to him or she wants to tell him and ask him, but there's a little bit of awkwardness there. So she comes in and tells Noel that she finds it really easy to talk to him. But the fact that she found out and that Noel told her that he has feelings for her makes that a little bit harder to talk to him. But Noel says, no, 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 no. Don't worry. I get crushes on everybody. It's natural. You know, I'm a sensitive guy. I just, <laughs> I have feelings for everyone. And it's, it's unromantic as hell. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Whatever you say. Doesn't he say after that, am I blushing? <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he, he like rips off his ex, ex, his uh, external flannel <laughs> to like cool himself off. It's very cute. <laughs> so he's basically also telling Felicity like, I, I'm, t I'm fine. I'm over it. I, you know, everyone's over it on this show. And they're a hundred percent believable. Um, <laughs> too. So that's amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> But Felicity, of course, needs advice and wants his advice. Well, we'll see if she wants his advice, but she wants to talk to him about Ben. So they sit down and she starts to tell Noel about Ben and he's like, oh, oh, this is about Ben. Oh, okay. And he like sits down and like prepares and gets yeah, ready for himself. it, which I thought was another funny, <laughs> yeah, another funny moment from him. But he, he assures her, no, 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 you can talk to me. It's fine. So Felicity says she was thinking maybe Ben is uncomfortable about her reading his essay and that maybe that's like kind of an unfair imbalance, power imbalance. Like she knows more about him than he does about her. And so she's thinking maybe I should show him my application essay, but I can't show him my essay, right? And Noel says, absolutely trust your instinct. No. You cannot show him your essay. <laughs> And they kind of go back and forth a little bit and it just lands on her deciding, you know what, I'm going to send, I'm going to send him the essay, but I'm not going to hand it to him because that might embarrass him. So I'll mail it to him. Girl, what are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> so, so crazy. And also odd that she wanted to mail it to him. I don't know. It seemed weird. <laughs> Noel says, wait, why did you come in here asking for my advice if you're just going to do the opposite thing anyway? And she says, no, I was using you as a bouncing board. And I'm like, no, rewind, Felicity. You literally asked him a question. I can't show him, right? He says, right. And that, that to me is advice, not a bouncing board. Like, oh, what do you right. think you would do in this situation? Like, it wasn't positioned in that way. So I thought that was funny. So she's like, yeah, I'll mail it to him. This was helpful. Cool. She's just like, Noel's not even in the room in, in her mind anymore. So she's leaving. Yeah. And Noel says, don't come back unless you're going to listen to my advice. Like, thanks, Noel. And he's like, I mean it. <laughs> and I just really felt that as the real life quote unquote shrink. I felt that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and and I, my other, my follow-up thought to that was how was her essay about Ben? Because mm, she yeah. had in the first episode, those pile of old applications that she hadn't opened, but she opened them on graduation day before she knew that Ben was going to New York. So how did that happen? Had she already written an essay about him before graduation or were all of her application <laughs> essays about him? Like what, how did that come to happen? I just, I don't understand that plot point. That's true. She must've just written about about the time she held his blood. <laughs> That's all she had. That's all the material she has to work with. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Whoa. And I, I, we never really hear what was in the essay. And I need to know what, what did she write about him that would convince a university to say, yep, send that one an acceptance letter. That is a great essay, a great yep, reason that she should go here. Yeah. 
I feel like they would be like, no, let's not let this crazy lady in. She's clearly <laughs> let's insane. Let's do this fun guy a favor and keep her off the grounds. So she's decided she's going to send Ben her application essay, mail it, and we see her preparing her letter in an actual envelope with actual stamps to Ben. And she's continuing to narrate to Sally and says, here's my new theory. No matter what, you can never be ashamed of the truth. Never. I'm just like, okay, we'll see if she still feels that way by the end of the episode. Because <laughs> this is kind of a big deal to send her, send him such a personal letter. So we'll see. Good for you, girl. Listener. Way to commit. She will be ashamed in about five minutes. So <laughs> on the letter, it's got a little sticky note to him that says, because you wanted to know, which is cute. Aww, However, yeah. she drops off the letter. The essay is sent to him. And... I also just think for someone who has never really made a big decision in their life, she's actually very impulsive from what we've seen for these first two yes. episodes. Like she's never made her yeah. own decision. She's just followed the course that her parents have set for her. And maybe now she's had a little taste of independence and is throwing all caution to the wind. She's following a boy. She's, you know, trying to, she's just sending application essays. It, she just seems very impulsive now. And it's a very big character shift from what we've heard she was like her whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something, something broke loose there. <laughs> something. Something's coming up. Something's coming out. So after she drops off her essay, her letter in the mailbox, she's going to her counselor, who we learn his name is Papa Leo. And she opens the door to find both of her parents sitting there waiting with him, which is a shock because she thought they were in California as referenced from her 10 minute voicemail messages. So Felicity, of course, questions, what are you doing here? What is this? And the counselor says, come in, close the door. That's such a big yikes. I hate that those lines like, come in, close the door. <laughs> and he said it with a gentle look on his face, but that's still like not what you want to hear. That just is so ominous to me. And it was ominous. Dr. Porter says that they're here because they're still trying to figure out why Felicity is so adamant about New York. And Felicity's just still really confused. She says, you went back home. You said you went back home. You lied to me. And he just kind of, you know, dodges the accusation on a technicality. Like, well, we didn't really say we left. Like, you asked if there was turbulence on the flight, and your mom just said, we're, we're fine. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Nice. Uh, yeah, got on on a technicality. Um, but basically, her parents just want answers. They want an explanation for the sudden change in college plans. And uh, Mrs. Porter, Barbara, she says, Nancy, whoever Nancy is, Nancy even asked me if you were on drugs which is way out of left field here mm -hmm. yeah i think that's really extreme and because of that publicity um, she's like drugs you think i'm on drugs we don't know what to think but you could imagine that i'm here because of drugs just the emotion in her voice that comes out i love it it's so perfect it's such perfect delivery and just really captures how offended and hurt she was because of that accusation or speculation it's like yeah that's way out of character that's you've gone too far with that one it's also ridiculous because California also has drugs. So like, wh <laughs> like why is that a reason? You don't need to go. Yeah, why is that a reason to move to New York because of drugs? <laughs> yeah. Also, side note, who the F is this nosy Nancy? And how <laughs> does she decide that someone switching colleges last minute equals being on drugs? Like, how do you make that leap? How do you come to that conclusion? I feel like everyone's mom has like a nosy friend. A nosy I'm Nancy. Who's got a name Nancy. Who who has to like know everything that's going on in their child's life. 
Yeah, and who? it's always drugs. That's always the explanation, probably. So her parents ask, did we do something wrong? Are you angry with us? And, you know, Dr. Porter says that he can't get answers anywhere, not from her, not from Papaleo, or the admissions office. And Felicity says, wait a minute, what do you mean the admissions office? And... Dr. Porter says, well, I tried to get a copy of your application essay, but they wouldn't give it to me. Uh-oh. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. That's who the mystery man was. <laughs> that, that was the young man. <laughs> I mean, Which, I was like, yeah, Mrs. Jessup's pretty old, so anybody younger is going to sound like a young man at that age. And Mrs. Jessup's age was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But that was a curveball that we were not expecting. <laughs> So that, I mean, that She's was got to rush out. Yeah, that was pretty much the end of their conversation because she realizes the huge mistake she just made. But the conflict is not resolved. Her parents are furious still and trying to figure out what is going on in Felicity's life. And uh, yeah, I still feel like this is just such an overreaction to changing up your college plans. Yeah. And I don't think they're actually furious. I think they're really confused. And I like... um that Papaleo is kind of backing her up. She's like, what did you tell them when she walks in? He's like, I said that they should talk to their daughter. Like, yeah. So he's he's got her covered. He's It sounds like he's trying to kind of protect her and he's on her side. Um, and I think her parents are just genuinely confused. I don't think they're, I think they're past the anger stage. I think they're just really confused at this point. But it's also weird. Like, it, she's not saying she wants to be a serial killer. Like, I don't understand why this is that bad of a thing that needs right, to be that like needs to be yeah. understood at this huge level like okay she's going to a different school it just seems still like an overreaction right, to me she's still attending a university it's just not the one that they had planned for so long and i'm like they're acting like she's just like oh i'm joining the circus yeah. or oh i'm gonna go sell coconuts in some other country or something like they act like she completely ditched college altogether and didn't just switch universities like come on now like you're kind of blowing this up a bit. And also, do guidance counselors meet with parents? Felicity's an adult at this point. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad the admission. She's, she's 17. She's 17. She said, because she said a line. I've made one questionable decision oh. in my 17 years of life. So I know she's still 17. So she's at this young point. for her so grade. She's young. Okay. Young. Maybe she skipped yeah. a grade somewhere too. Mm. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm glad that um, the admissions office didn't give a copy of the essay obviously and that papaleo just said talk to your daughter because i feel like he has to set some mm -hmm. boundaries too because felicity's the student the parents really shouldn't have much authority here i don't think <laughs> so yeah even with her not being um over 18 the counseling relationship is still going to be protected like it's not the same thing as like being a therapist and having a patient per se but i think that relationship is still going to be protected even if she's only 17 still so i'm glad that he kind of deflected and was just like you need to sort this out between yourselves like i'm not i'm not getting involved in this so we cut back to the dorms we get a little bit of a break on the felicity and parent drama and we see noel our favorite ra is on duty and a resident has come to him for help his name's larry and he's played by john cho pre harold and kumar and he's having problems with his roommate, Lewis, who's talking in his sleep, which, sure, that's annoying. Uh, it's loud, but 
it's the subject matter of what he's talking about that is the issue. He's talking about buying knives and killing his roommate, which is obviously a problem. Uh, so Noel says, all right, I'll talk to Lewis. I've, you know, I've got it covered. <laughs> and at first, this seems like just a funny little anecdote and kind of weird in the episode. This will come into play <laughs> a little bit later. I was going to say, I <laughs> love these little comedic parts in the dorm there's more of them that go on throughout the season but this is like the first one where you get to see like some of the other people who live there just like mm. these little side characters and how strange they are yeah lots of antics lots of shenanigans <laughs> happening and you may recognize larry um as you said from harold and kumar but he was also in jj abrams uh star trek films where he played sulu which is a fun little throwback we've noticed uh we'll see some more characters later but jj tends to use a lot of his same in in future mm -hmm. shows and movies like Lost and Star Trek. So we'll see some more of those cameos. But then we go back to Felicity and she's at her mailboxes and she really, really is desperate to find out if her essay was delivered to Ben. So she's talking to the mail guy and trying to convince him why he should help her out. Please, can you just let me know if my friend got this? It's, a, it's an invitation and I just really need to know if he got it. So the mailroom guy goes over to the mailboxes, looks and shuffles through the letters, shows her, yep, he got the envelope, puts it right back into the mailbox. And Felicity again with her, with her impulsive <laughs> oh no she's no, not no. done she's yet like, oh, shoot he's got it well he can't physically receive this so now she's trying to beg the mailroom guy to give back that letter to her and he says nope that's a federal offense i can't do that just like well i won't tell anyone <laughs> he says well it's like which might be fine for you but i have a conscience <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? So I think that was just another like little tidbit into what's going on in her mind and her impulsivity. Like maybe this is just another example. Felicity going outside of the lines, like first reading Ben's essay. And she didn't just read Ben's essay. She copied it and shared it with Noel. So like that's like a double offense right there. And now she's trying to commit a federal offense or like facilitate a, a federal offense um, get committed. And it's like, what's she going to do next? What is this girl going to do next? That boy crazy. Is she boy crazy or just crazy crazy? <laughs> you're you're the therapist you tell us <laughs> i'm uh, gonna defer diagnosis at the at this time <laughs> and then who should appear at this very moment around the mailboxes but ben covington he goes to get his mail and he sees felicity she strides over and they chit chat a little bit he grabs his mail and in classic rom-com fashion somebody knocks him and all of his mail drops to the floor. So Felicity has the chance to kind of help him collect his mail off the floor and maybe sneak that letter into her back pocket. And she was so close. Her hand was on it, but then Huge Ben's hand was on here. it. They were kind of doing a little tug of war. He's like, oh, it's all good. I got it. Thanks. And she lets, and she lets go of the letter <laughs> and that's it. He's got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and along with the letter, goes any hope of salvaging any shred of dignity she has left <laughs> it's gone except ben says you know i was thinking i think it's really good that you're sane and there's a damn smile again so what are you doing guy him out. <laughs> he does seem super into her in this episode yeah something's happening like there's something there and it's just like well that's just great but i'm sitting here i'm like i wonder if he's still gonna be glad that his country crossing love hound stayed in new york after he reads the essay 
Are you still going to feel pretty happy about this arrangement, yeah. Ben? It's like right when things are pr- on pretty good terms with Ben, he's like, I'm so glad you're staying. He's smiling at her. He doesn't think she's crazy anymore. And now she does another over the top gesture and thing. <laughs> Quite over the top. Yeah. <laughs> Also, my question at this particular thing, I was a little bit more nitpicky this episode. I was just kind of noticing some things. How does he have a mailbox where everyone else's is? Because I think it's like care of Kelvin, like their dorm or whatever, but he doesn't live there. He lives like off campus in a loft. And I don't know that they established this yet. I know that they definitely do talk about it in um, future episodes and it's we see the loft, but that's, I don't know if that's just like a, like a blooper thing, like a plot hole thing and they changed their mind or... I just don't understand how he was getting an envelope addressed to like where the dorm buildings were if he doesn't live in the dorms. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Because even in the pilot, Felicity, like we see her getting buzzed up to his apartment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we do know like, yeah, he's not in a dorm setting. He's yeah, he is somewhere else. So that's like kind of a little plot hole ish that we had this whole little interaction. I get why they did it, but I'm like, "Mm, I wonder if there's another way to convey that that would have been more accurate. Like I said, I was being extra nitpicky this time. Well, it's fair. We're here for Yep. I said I'm going to call everyone out, and that includes the writers, (laughs) not just the characters. (laughs) Production, everyone. We still love them. But then we go back to the dorms where, you know, Felicity is obviously very dejected after her essay gets delivered to Ben. Uh, We see that Noel is confronting Lewis in the dorm about his knives and asking him if he's planning on killing his roommate. And he just, you know, typical college roommate kind of (laughs) typical RA college roommate kind of looks around like, no, not, not a very (laughs) satisfying answer. (laughs) Lewis looked like he was 45, pretty much. He also looked like a Disney villain, like the way the shadows were um, lit on his face. Like he had like the arched eyebrow, like with the shadows from his glasses and things. I'm like, could you look any more villainous in this moment? Like, come on. <laughs> he, looked, he definitely looks scary. And now here, I was going to say, I actually thought Lewis looked pretty hot. I was like, he could have been... Yeah. If what? you really look, if you really look, <laughs> he's quite attractive. Like, he looks like um, lead singer of Weezer or something in that in that scene. Maybe, maybe... Yeah. I guess I'll have to go back Rewatch and watch it. it through again. a different lens. Like, take away the character... And then and the knife, take away the knives and just look at Lewis. Okay. I'll give you edgy. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a, yeah, he's not a bad looking guy, but he like the way that they light him, I guess, well, maybe that's why they lit him so well, because he is an attractive young man. They had to emphasize some scary features, so they, they did the lighting in such a way to make him look like a Disney villain. <laughs> They pulled it off. So um, I like this at the end of the conversation. You know, he's talking to Lewis and he's like, you know, I really wish you're a little more convincing. And I've been there. (laughs) I can't tell you, unfortunately, how many times I've asked about homicidal thoughts only to be met with this uncomfortably long pause followed by a very noncommittal. No, (laughs) too many times, too many times. (laughs) So then Noel is wrapping up his conversation with Lewis when he spots Felicity heading back to her room. You know, okay, Lewis, I'll I'll deal with you later. And he follows her to her room. Yeah, like this isn't a big deal. Okay, whatever. Like, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk later. Okay, bye. So Lewis is off the hook for now. Just dreaming about killing your roommate. No big deal. So Felicity's back in her room. Noel knocks and comes in. And (laughs) Felicity explains 
Noel was right that it was a terrible idea to send her essay to Ben because, in fact, it was not Ben who was calling the admissions office asking about her essay, but it was her dad. Noel says, well, at least you didn't send the letter to Ben yet, right? Oh, no, she did. <laughs> and her look says it all. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> and she, this is probably one of the funniest parts of the episode to me because she says, Ben is just going to look back on mm -hmm. college and remember Felicity Porter as that obsessive girl with frizzy hair who not only followed him across country, but then just began randomly sending him information about herself as if he never asked for any. And she's just like so self-aware in this moment. I'm like, why can't you be this self-aware all the time? Right. And Noel helpfully says, well, if you can live with that, then you're okay. <laughs> I thought that was so, so funny. Good one, Noel. <laughs> I love it. And also, I, I'm going to give Ben some some props here. I thought he looked really good in Noel? this scene, even though he wasn't being particularly helpful. Yeah. yeah, I thought he looked really good. Like, not scandal level hot, but pretty damn I pretty mean, damn Yeah, he's cute. not in the military and in the show. So. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, who knows? Maybe if Ben does get a restraining order on her. Noel can be a nice backup option. What do you think? Hey, Noel is no one's backup, okay? <laughs> he, he's main character energy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. But I, but I agree. He looked super cute and that the lighting, again, was just perfect on him. So Noel goes into RA shrink mm -hmm. mode and tries to, you know, help Felicity and fix this and suggests that Felicity invite her parents to the dorm and let them see this place because right now it's just a big question mark. They don't know anything about it or her life. And so they're just imagining the worst about everything, right? So maybe if they come and see the dorm, meet people, meet Noel, of course, the RA who's going to be on his best behavior, uh, maybe they won't be as worried about her life here. So she's like, is that you really think that's a good idea? And he says, yes. And I actually think that is a good idea because I think a lot of parents probably would you know assume the worst about things that they don't know like mm -hmm. i think you're just scared of the unknown right so i actually thought this was a good idea yeah felicity also appreciates that Definitely. noel didn't say i told you so about sending the essay and he responds i mean sure but you know that is all <laughs> that i'm thinking <laughs> it's all i'm thinking <laughs> Like, thanks a lot, Noel. She's like, I know. <laughs> but he doesn't say, I told you so. So while, while Noel is still there in the room with her, she decides to call her parents at their hotel room to invite them. They both get on the line, on the phone, her parents, and Barbara apologizes for surprising her. And Felicity says, that's okay. Yeah, she really brushes that off. And I'm like, why? I think if it was me, I'd be really still pretty pissed and hurt at this point because she's the one who's reaching out and she's trying to make this right and like trying to get them comfortable with it but they're the ones who blindsided her and they're the ones who have the issue with all of this and they lied about still being in New York they ambushed her at the counselor meeting and basically accused her of being on drugs and they still won't let go of the change in plans at this point like it's already done she moved she's enrolled in classes she's attended said classes she even made a little friend and who really should be doing the work to kind of make things right at this point Felicity or her parents so I'm kind of not apologizing for the porters this this time. I'm like, what the heck is your problem? I agree. She's definitely doing the most work here to try and, and make things work with her parents. And maybe she's just trying to move forward in that moment. Like, it's fine, but come here, let's meet and take Noel's advice <laughs> to, to try and get them on her side. So she says, hey, we're meeting with Papa Leo again, but maybe before that you can come to my dorm. And they are both on board. 
shockingly they're like yes we'd love to and so after she hangs up with them noel says he's looking forward to meeting her parents uh because he wants to meet the people who made her <laughs> that's pretty sweet that was nice it's kind of weird though like <laughs> it's not like they're engaged or something you know like i think it's just uh, that's a little bit weird i got a little bit weirded out by that but he likes her <laughs> i know but maybe don't say that out loud <laughs> I think it's okay if he was thinking it, but why did he have to say it? Like, that's just a weird comment to make. Like, I want to meet the people who made you. Like, that's not a friend thing you say. Like, that's not something you say to your friend, you know? She also kind of laps it off at the end, like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's all for you. While he's playing with yeah. the snow globe. <laughs> yeah. So, as, you know, as Noel says, his either cringy in dr joe's eyes or sweet in our eyes comment megan comes in again and starts rummaging through her closet which has this huge mask i don't know if you noticed this a couple of them i think huge scary mask there that it's like for a play or a festival or something (laughs) so again we don't know anything about megan except that she's hardly around she stops in for some new fresh clothes she dresses really goth and then leave so we're we're guessing she leads a very wild life but she requests from megan that you know her parents are coming they're predisposed to hating this place so just wondering if you could put away some of your skulls <laughs> which again is just just for the day felicity's really funny in this episode and megan <laughs> just continues her mo of saying one word before leaving again and that word is no it just leaves like no why would i put away skulls i don't give a hoot about you and noel again being the comic relief in this episode says she's got a point i did like that i thought that was really funny i thought his yeah his comedic timing and delivery was really good this episode Mm -hmm. so then her parents come to the dorm and it's like extra extra loud people are everywhere so, which is sad because her parents are already going to be predisposed to hating it. Um, there's like music playing everywhere. Their parents comment about how it smells like beer. Um, <laughs> and I love how she like uses the excuse, oh, that's not beer. That's just the shampoo that they use for the rug. Which, gross. Uh, gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice save. Nobody, nobody suspects a thing. Um, so they come into her dorm room and they ask about her roommate. And so she starts, Felicity starts talking about Megan saying, oh yeah, she's a freak and kind of like dissing on her. And then of course, Megan comes out of their closet. <laughs> she says, you think I, you think I'm weird? You're the one who wears hush puppies. <laughs> Which I also thought this just, I've seen all the seasons so many times that coming back to the beginning again, I think it's funny because I don't think this is a big spoiler, but in later episodes, Megan actually kind of has a good relationship with Felicity's parents. So I thought this was funny that like in one of, in their first interaction, she is kind of a bee. Um, so then her dad kind of talks about how she has a nice view, but she should clean her window, you know, kind of nitpicking about it. And then, of course, they finally kind of address in that way that her dorm room is ginormous. No, no one ever in the history of college or university has ever had a dorm like that room was the that size. Of, that was the size of my studio apartment in San Francisco. Like, it was huge. <laughs> yeah, I think she says something like, oh, yeah, I really lucked out. I was like, yeah, most- oh, okay, your <laughs> dorm room has two, do- two doors. Yeah, that's right. It's like two apartments. So Noel knocks and he comes in, but he doesn't notice that her parents are already in there. And so he, of course, says, when are the overbearing parents getting here? 
and then super awkward they're already there oh, dear that's so funny but i thought it was so cute that he dressed up he like put on slacks and a belt and a little collared shirt all tucked in he like dressed up to meet them did he yeah. i didn't notice that i did i noticed i'm like oh he's wearing yeah. a button down shirt like a long sleeve button down shirt he looks nice he he cleans up nice so he apologizes a bunch um when he meets them (laughs) um and then the timing is terrible because of course larry comes in and finds yeah he's shouting in the hall (laughs) like no no he's like i'm here like what do you want go away carrying a gigantic knife (laughs) (laughs) like out of like out of scream it's like a slasher, like a slasher movie, ghost face knife. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he had really found that, like, Noel would have had to call yeah. the police or something. Yeah, like, that was outrageous. <laughs> that was a big knife. <laughs> it just more makes for more awkward moments here. <laughs> this is the exact opposite of what they were going for in having them over to begin with. Yeah, her mom looks absolutely horrified at <laughs> this knife situation. And Noel tries to just get Larry out of there. He's like, I'll take care of it. Tries to laugh it off. But her parents do not yeah. look amused at this situation. Because it's not very amusing. That's pretty serious. And then <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, how did he just let him walk away with that? How did he not confiscate that so he could go like tell somebody like, hey, the student has this crazy huge knife like maybe we should put your you know have a higher level of intervention here besides noel just casually being like yeah yeah you don't really want to kill your roommate do you i <laughs> just yeah just let him go away with it but <laughs> i was like well i guess larry needs some way to protect himself later so i guess it's okay that he kept it it's terrible <laughs> and the knife is not the worst thing that <laughs> happens now the fire alarm goes off and Noel says, oh, they, this happens all the time. It hardly ever means that there's a real fire. And he's like, but yeah, we should probably evacuate in case. It, I mean, that's what you do with the fire, a fire alarm going off. And, and he says in an orderly moment, <laughs> Like he's yeah, still in like, in, like RA mode now. He's like, yes, but we should evacuate in an orderly manner. <laughs> yep. And I think the alarm bells are also going off in her parents' heads at this point. Mm-hmm. There's knives, there's beer, heat, they're freaking, you know, the windows are dirty. <laughs> um, and I thought just like in the pilot when there was that panic button moment mm-hmm. um on the car keys that Felicity gets, like I thought this was a beautiful analogy too for just the dumpster fire that this visit has become with the parents. Definitely. So as they're evacuating, Noel still just won't drop it and continues to apologize and be awkward to her parents and even dr (laughs) porter at this point tells him let it go buddy (laughs) so the parents leave felicity just kind of looks back at noel and gives him just this death glare (laughs) as they're evacuating the dorm like this was a complete disaster so then we are now back at Papa Leo's office and we hear him telling Felicity and her parents that the politics between parents and their kids is complicated. And that kind of opens up the floor for them to just talk. Again, he's not there to really tell them what to do or give advice. He's just really there to help them talk to each other. And just kind of mediating. Yeah, mediating. And Dr. Porter's surprisingly reasonable in this encounter and says that since he can remember felicity wanted to go to stanford she wanted to be a doctor and now you have to be in new york so if you were in our shoes wouldn't you be wondering what is our daughter up to so felicity then explains 
that she came to New York for a boy that she had a crush on in high school, which leaves her parents very shocked, of course, that she's leaving her plans behind just for a crush. But Papaleo does a nice little assist nice. here. Yeah. And says, well, 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 I, I don't think this boy is really why she's staying. Felicity's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Thanks for I that. I like the look he gives because he kind of like gives her like this knowing look, like this nod, like nudging, like, come on, like tell them the reason, like I'm trying to help you out here. Yeah. So then she explains, yeah, maybe the initial reason is, you know, that I came here for a boy, but I'm staying for me. And Dr. Porter continues to ask more questions, says, uh, were we, you know, were we being too controlling? And I'm just thinking, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I also used to have that reaction too, like, um, yeah. And then I realized it's kind of hard to be controlling with someone who just goes along with the plan um, because she seems to want that plan too. She thought everything was going great. You know, she laid out that plan when she was telling Sally about it in the first episode. She didn't sound distressed about it or disappointed or like it was this thing being forced on her. She seemed like that is what she wanted once upon a time, too. So I don't know about how controlling they could have been if she kind of was up until that point enthusiastic about it. I think it could probably be hard, though, knowing what you really want when you're a kid. And like she said, her dad had her whole life planned out since she was a zygote, right? So if yeah. you're told, like, this is the expectation, you're going to go to Stanford, you're going to be a doctor, maybe she just never really had a chance to think about what I do want and just like, yep, yep, I'm going to college. Like, Sounds even in my own me. house, like, you know, the expectation for me and my sister, like, you're going to college. Like, if I had said, no, I love the forest and I want to be a park <laughs> ranger, like, I don't think that would have flown, you know? Yeah. I think it could probably be hard, too, that she thought that that's what she wanted, but she was just being told, like, that's the expectation, that's what you're doing. To me, that might be a little controlling, but you're just going along with it. Like, you're, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we'll see probably in future episodes what she really does want and where her interests lie. So I think it's it's probably a little bit of both that there is some control, but there is some degree that she really was interested in that and did have some sort of desire to go forward in that direction, too. We'll see. And that's that's probably part of growing up, too, is figuring yeah. out what you really do want <laughs> yeah. out of life. So Felicity continues to explain in some way that her parents will understand why she's choosing to stay in New York. And she says, Mom, I mean, you know how we go out to dinner on Tuesdays, just the two of us every single week. That's our thing. We have dinner together. And I love that. But she then says she was eating in the cafeteria the other day, eating a burger, and it dawned on her that it was a Tuesday. And suddenly it was the best hamburger she's ever had. Not because I wasn't with you, but just because I was here on my own. She was having this burger on her own. And Dr. Porter says, I get it. You're feeling a rush of independence. That's great. But you don't have to move across the country to have a burger on your own terms. Yeah, I think that was a pretty reasonable line. You know, he's trying to validate like, yeah, independence is great. But it is true she doesn't need to move across the country to have a burger on her own terms. So he's still trying to like figure out what's going on and see if he can get her back on his side on his way of we thinking. do learn later in the episode though that she was gonna live at home and go to stanford so i think it still would have been hard <laughs> at stanford yeah. to get a burger on your own if you're living at home touche <laughs> but but yeah but yeah like he's still trying he to understand and yeah he's he's still trying to understand however barbara has Ugh. a very different <laughs> reaction. reaction dr I joe really... i know you've got a lot of thoughts yeah. here 
I think she is such a brat in this moment. It's so disappointing. Um, because she's like, oh, well, yeah, I think it's important that you should stay in New York, too. I agree with you. And since it's so important for you to stay in New York, why don't you just stay in New York for Thanksgiving, too, and don't even bother coming home? So go ahead and stay in New York if you're going to stay in New York. It's like, damn, girl. Um, <laughs> like, even Dr. Porter was shocked. Oh, no. He looks at her. He's like, Barbara, like, Barbara. Like, what are you <laughs> doing? Like, slow your roll. What are you doing? We're trying to get her back. <laughs> yeah. It's like, girl, pump your brakes. <laughs> Very immature reaction. Immature. Yes, exactly. So immature. She keeps going. She's like, I didn't realize how awful Tuesday dinners were. And Phyllis is like, no, that's not what I meant. And she's just really hurt. And um, she's like, I'm sorry. They were, I wouldn't have wasted all the time if I knew how embarrassing they were for you. And she's like, I was never embarrassed. And she's just... Yeah, Barbara's just escalating in this moment. And, and putting like, words oh in gosh. Felicity's mouth. Yes, like She yes. never said embarrassed. She never said they were a problem. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's just it's like really over the top. So she she walks out. She's like, I'm going to go back to the hotel. You can stay if you'd like, I think. And yep. yeah, Mr. Porter, uh, Dr. Porter's just like kind of like dumbstruck. He's like, uh. <laughs> and then he's like, I got to go. <laughs> so he follows her. Falls her out and Felicity's just left sitting there and you can see the tears welling up in her eyes. Like, what just happened? Like, how did that go from A to B so fast? Like, how did that escalate so quickly? None of these situations are going very well. No, yes. Dumpster fire indeed. (laughs) So again, we get a little bit of a break um, from the parental drama and we switch back to Ben. And we see him approaching Julie, who's outside of her dorm room, kind of locking up and leaving uh, with a guitar. I think that might be the first time we find out that she's a musician. And he tries to make small talk about her new guitar, like, you know, is it a Fender or this or that? And she's very just quickly trying to wrap up the conversation and get out of there. So Ben asks if she's avoiding him and what is that about? She's like, yeah, a little. Yeah, classic Julie move. (laughs) Uh, and he asks her, is it because of what happened with Felicity or is it because of me? And she says, well, it's she not you. Here. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's not you. But then there's a pause. And it's like, well, it's not Felicity either. Okay. Keep your secrets. And she's like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I feel like this is Julie's MO is like mm-hmm. vague book posting. Like, oh, this is so stupid. Never mind. Like, okay, just tell us what are, what were you gonna say? You know, like, oh, it's not you, and it's not Felicity. But never mind. I've got to go. She just really brushes over Scurries everything, off. but like yeah. wants people to ask her. Yeah, I have in my notes here. Why does Ben like Julie? <laughs> I wondered that too in that moment. Yeah, I was like, yeah. is it about the chase for him or something? Because she seems pretty annoying right now. Like this whole dodgy, cagey, avoidy. It's not a cute look. I don't like it. I, mean, so. I guess we're supposed to assume that there's been moments between them that we haven't seen where they've like, yeah, kind of bonded, but still, which makes all this why? kind of worse. Well, I guess when they were when they were all at the bar, like they were all laughing and having fun together. He probably just thinks she's cute, yeah. you know, yeah. college. <laughs> mm. So she desperately gets away, and Ben just kind of leaves it like, "Hey, I still want to hear you play at some point," which was very nice of him. Um, he's still trying. So then we get some more moody music and lighting and Felicity is in the cafeteria 
literally alone. They're like cleaning up around her. She's like the last person in this cafeteria. And Julie sees her and comes to sit with her. And she's like, what's going on? Felicity shares that she's never seen her mom like that, that she was so angry with her. And Julie asks, how did you leave things with your parents? And Felicity says, well, we're going to try and have dinner again. Like we're going to, you know, have dinner tonight and try again and, and see what we can talk about or resolve here. And Julie starts to share kind of her own background and, and experiences here and provides a little viewpoint that Felicity might be, not be thinking about. And Julie says her parents probably just feel rejected, that they never expected her to break off on her own. And they're just surprised, like she's rejecting all of their plans now. And Julie continues to say that she actually has the opposite problem, that her parents always expected her to leave. And so they work overtime to keep her happy. And again, Julie, wow, that must how really is... suck. I'm like, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful, Julie. I can't believe your parents want to keep you happy. Wow. Okay. All they do is try and make me happy. <laughs> okay. I'm being a little like hard emo on Julie. before emo was invented. Yeah. Well, are we though? No. no. <laughs> being hard, but it's I think deserved. So, but then she continues that she hasn't told anyone, but we find out that she is adopted and her birth mom lives in New York and that that's why she came to University of New York. Um, so that was kind of a big bombshell uh, in this episode, and we don't really talk much more about it in this episode, but it's going to become a pretty big plot point in the future of the show. And they kind of both just sit there and Felicity says, God, I feel all grown up. Julie says, me too. And that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, that was intense. There's a lot of uh, deep stuff going on in this episode. There's some comic relief, but there's also some really heavy feelings and processing happening. And I love that they say they feel all grown up, but it, it literally in that scene, all I could think was, God, she like Felicity looks so young. In yeah. this scene. Like her face is just so like a little kid i don't know she's just yeah she's very youthful and i was like god she looks so young so then we go to felicity in the bathroom getting ready for dinner with her parents looking like she's going for a job interview in her like collared shirt yeah her little dress shirt yeah <laughs> uh, it's funny and noel's knocking on the door is like is anyone in there with you and there is someone in there and so he's like outside the door talking through the door trying to apologize again for what he said about her parents and asking if her parents hated him. Eventually the other person in the bathroom leaves and so he can talk to Felicity face to face. He's like, did they hate me? And Felicity says, look, like they don't hate you specifically. You're really just one piece of straw in this miserable haystack. Right. And so he's, yeah, he's just really trying to figure out, did I ruin my impression? Yeah. with the parents it's like way to read the room pal like she's obviously really hurting about what's going on between her and her parents and all you can think about is, do they like me do they hate me did i make a good impression i made a terrible impression like so what that's not the point like he wasn't being a very good because he likes her and he wanted to make a good impression yeah but that's like i feel like he's very much there for her throughout the whole episode so yes he's a little self-involved in this yeah moment, but a little bit but i think overall before that he was too because you know just even him dressing up for them to come over and just that over apologetic like he's just really concerned about what they think about him and how they feel about him and he's just completely missing the big plot point of this episode is like 
there's a relationship dynamic that's happening between her and her parents that's kind of more important than the relationship between Noel and her parents. <laughs> Just a little bit more. It's true. They are not. They're not dating. So. Exactly. Like, it's not like he was, again, it's yeah. not like they're engaged and you're meeting, like, the soon-to-be in-laws for the first time or something. Like, you need to calm down, man, and kind of support your friend a little bit. Yeah, I think this, though, yeah. kind of shows the parallels between Noel and Felicity. Because if the roles were reversed and Felicity was, like, meeting Ben's parents and she, like, embarrassed herself, she would probably be just as, like, manic and crazy mm-hmm. about making sure she made the right impression. So they are alike in a lot of ways. Okay, okay. I can see that. And she is also tenacious and won't mm-hmm. let things go. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> so, you know, she asks, do I look okay? And Mole says, of course you do, because he loves her. And <laughs> she continues to get ready. So Noel's going back to his room, presumably, and runs into Dr. Porter coming to pick up Felicity. And Noel, of course, apologizes again. He's like, all right, like, let's cut it. Let's cut all this bull. You're the RA, right? Is she okay here? And Noel starts, I think she's like a chick. (laughs) He's going to start with one of his, with he was, he was trying to start with one of his Noel RA speeches again. And Dr. Porter ain't having it. He doesn't know him like Um, that. He doesn't know where he's going with that. (laughs) No, no. Like a chick, excuse me. (laughs) And he said, sorry. Like, okay, I, you know she's all right here and i know this doesn't mean anything but i'm looking out for her and if it ever gets difficult i'll do whatever i can to make it better and so dr porter seems satisfied with that and we actually see a little bit of a lighter side of him and at the end he asks noel that knife thing work out okay uh and noel's like oh yeah it's handled so i thought that was kind of a cute moment yeah i like that who we don't we don't see joking around very often. <laughs> yeah. Like he was okay. Like he's calming down about this whole thing. I think that's like kind of a sign that this is kind of going to get settled soon. Yeah. I love that he asked, is she okay here? That was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think that's ultimately what all of this was about to begin with more than the control aspect. Like, is she okay? Is it drugs? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was, she wouldn't be okay. They had to rule that out. <laughs> Exactly. Got to go down the the checklist of things. Drugs is always at the top. Uh You got to cross that off first. That's all. (laughs) So Felicity's ready to go and comes out, sees her dad and asks where Barbara is. And he says that she wasn't feeling well. So I think maybe that also adds to the, you know, why Dr. Porter is all of a sudden changing his tune. Like maybe he's finally realized, all right, this has all gotten way out of proportion. Like the mom's not speaking to her now or not joining us for dinner like maybe he just realizes this is too much yeah he's it's up to him to smooth things over now because he doesn't have that united front with barbara anymore because she's off doing her pity party or whatever she's doing her temper tantrum immature whatever so he's got it he's got to be the grown-up and he's got to keep it keep it cool keep it together yep they go to dinner and he explains that he doesn't want to fight her on the issue anymore i think everyone's just done (laughs) hashing it out over and over and over again and i'm a little shocked that he's actually the saner person in this episode because he's 10 has tended so far to be the more emotional loud Mm -hmm. person uh in the room during these discussions but he does tell her i don't want you here i want you at stanford which again to me still feels a little controlling like it's still not about what she wants it's like i don't want you here i want you at stanford that's our plan but he does realize you know mm-hmm. what the hell am i doing fighting you on this this is your life not mine hence and the not controlling i'm glad that 
Well, that, yeah. and I'm like, I'm glad he finally came to that realization. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah, that, I, I love that moment. I thought that was really beautiful that he was able to admit that he did some self-reflection. Like, yeah, this is what I want, but I I know I can't fight you on it. It's your life. And I, you know, he's got to let her go. He's got to let her, you know, spread her wings and fly mm-hmm. like a chick. And I that does, definitely, <laughs> even though chickens like don't fly. Chick. <laughs> but whatever. Full circle. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> So yeah, he said like, it's your life, not mine, but I do want to be fair here. Like you, you want to go to New York. That's fine. If you went to Stanford, I was prepared to pay your tuition. He said, I'm still prepared to do that. However, at Stanford, you would have stayed and lived at home. So we wouldn't have had room and board expenses. So I'm going to let you figure that out and yeah, pay that for yourself. And Felicity's just dumbfounded at this point after everything that's happened. Now he's like, okay. I'll pay for tuition. You don't have to do the loans. You don't need to have, you know, crazy millennial student loan debt for the rest of your life. And yeah, he just completely changed his tune here. But again, if, yeah, she's going to live at home at Stanford, like not even in the dorms at Stanford, I can start to see now why she wanted to maybe get out and have a burger on her own terms. Yeah. And also, though, to, to be fair, I don't think she knew how much she wanted to get out until she was actually out, like until yeah. that woke up inside of her and she had the opportunity to feel what it feels like to be out. I don't think she even wanted that or it occurred to her that she needed that mm-hmm. to have that best burger mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> so then, yeah, that was just I got definitely a little tear in my eye during that moment when he's saying he'll pay tuition and Felicity is shocked and says, you don't have to do that. Like, this was my decision. I get it. Like, I, you know, I, I will do this on my own if I have to. And he says, no, you know what? I didn't do everything I did in life to not send my only daughter to college and pay for that. Um, so that was very sweet. Well, wasn't it just one episode ago that you were saying he's the scariest dad on TV? <laughs> Yeah. And that's why this moment is so like shocking, shocking and emotional because he actually does show like a more sensitive side here and is fair. But every other scene, I am terrified of him. (laughs) I Googled the list of scary dads because I was like, I know there are more scary dads out there. I was really stuck on that. So I Googled them, but I can share that list with you offline. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure there are some. I just in this moment can't think of one that I'm more afraid of. <laughs> I okay. never watched The Sopranos or anything. I was going to say, so yeah, I don't know. Sure. At the top of the list. <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm sure there's a, a mafia dad out there. But so now we finally have some resolution with her dad. But as we know, Barbara wasn't there. Um, so Felicity is back in her uh, counselor's office with Papa Leo and lit. talking about, <laughs> yeah, beautifully. I'm um, talking about her mother that when she was a kid, her mom was really the always the one who understood her and comforted her when she was scared. And as she's narrating, we see that her parents are packing up. They're leaving their fancy hotel. They're getting a taxi. So we're assuming they're off to the airport. Um, and we see Barbara, you know, looking kind of crestfallen mm-hmm. and, you know, it's all slow-mo and moody. And Felicity continues to chat to her counselor and asks him if he's ever had a student who felt guilty just for growing up. Wow. Yeah. That really resonated with me because I've moved around a lot and every time I moved it like got farther and farther <laughs> away from home and there are definitely times where I feel guilty that I'm not closer to my family so I could understand where she's coming from in that moment. Yeah, this was a hard, hard episode to go through for her. She There are lots of ups and downs here. Lots of emotions. 
And as Felicity's still at her counselor's office, uh, Barbara comes to the dorm and we see her knocking on the door. She's looking for Felicity and runs into Julie, um, who's playing her guitar in probably the, the lounge. And we assume that Julie kind of directs Mrs. Porter to where Felicity is. So as Felicity's leaving Papaleo's office, Mrs. Porter is waiting outside and looks like she finally does feel sorry and wants to chat to her. So they both sit down in the hallway on a bench and Barbara starts to tell Felicity that she met Dr. Porter when she was very, very young. And we find out that she had Felicity when she was only 20, which- Wow. Whoa. That's so young. Like she wasn't Which means that they probably met even younger and maybe got married younger. I don't know what, what the order was for all of that, but wow. But that's presumably all she's known. I mean, like, she barely had a chance to grow up herself when she already was having a kid. Yeah, she wasn't much older than Felicity at the moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> when she had a baby. So she even said, like, when you shared that you followed a boy to college, it just started to sound a little too familiar. And that's why she had that reaction. And as you said, Joe, like, Felicity was her whole world then Mm -hmm. like all the dreams that she had for herself because she got pregnant and had a baby young like she just dropped all those other dreams and she focused on being a mom and she admits that she's pretty terrified because those dinners were a little too important to her Um, Felicity's her whole life and now since Felicity's their only daughter they it's the empty nester syndrome right like now what do I do with my life yeah she's got (laughs) this house is empty She's got to figure her own self out almost in a way that Felicity's figuring herself out too. That's nuts. That Of course yeah. that's scary. I mean, it makes sense to figure yourself out when you're 17, but if you're just approaching that when you're 37, like, yikes, that's, of course she's scared. So I softened a little yeah. bit, you know, towards the episode when she's kind of explaining all this, but still, and that it does also kind of explain the immature reaction she had because she kind of is immature in some ways, maybe, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I can understand her feelings, obviously the reaction was not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I can understand why she probably got upset. Like Felicity's her her whole life and now she's saying, Oh, the best burger I ever had was one without you. You know, I can I can understand how she would feel a little rejected by that. Yeah. But also being someone who was twenty and maybe had to give up on her dreams, I would think she would also realize that this is a good thing for Felicity to be like following her own path and her own journey. And I think she kind of gets that at the end of their conversation because she says like, yes, I'm terrified, but mostly mm-hmm. I'm just proud of my brave daughter and I can't wait to see her on Thanksgiving. So I think she kind of realizes actually Felicity's really brave. She's mm-hmm. being independent. And maybe that's something that Barbara didn't get to experience when she was younger. Yeah, that's a nice turnaround. I'll, I'll give her that. So then while they're sitting there on the bench, Ben walks by. <laughs> small school (laughs) (laughs) tiny tiny school uh ben sees them and walks up felicity is clearly embarrassed because she's like oh yeah here's the guy i sent my essay to and he walks up but he doesn't look bothered at at all all. he looks quite Uh, pleased actually not at all he looks great (laughs) and he confirms that he got and read felicity's essay and she's just very uncomfortable she's like oh you did oh great (laughs) it was funny because at that point i was i had forgotten about that whole plot i was like oh yeah (laughs) oh but he looked so cute 
anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just like him and his smile just that that wins the episode, that smile. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we don't know really what the essay said. Uh, we just know yeah. it was about him. Yeah, and that can mean a lot of things. But what is he doing? Like, he's going after Julie, but then he's, like, looking at Felicity this way. What's going on? Yeah. And me, I was just thinking about it later. Um, it was probably a really nice self-esteem boost for him. Because mm. I don't get the impression that he thinks much of himself. He did call himself a, you know, shallow loser in the first episode. And, you know, him having to lie on his essay, I think he thinks he's not good enough to just be who he is. And he has to make up compelling stories to demonstrate his worth and, you know, to get into college. So I think that it must feel really, really good. Whatever she wrote made him feel good about himself. So then Felicity introduces Ben and her mom, and he just kind of says, I'll see ya, and walks away. And then she, of course, stares longingly at him again. And Mrs. Porter's kind of looking at him, too, and says, oh, he's cute. <laughs> like, she yeah. gets it now. She's like, oh, okay, I get why you came here. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, and it's a similar shot. Um, Sorry, it's a similar shot to when... Julie and Felicity were looking after him yeah. in the beginning, and now they kind of replicate that with Felicity and her mom looking at him walk away. Yeah, I love the slow-mo of him walking away. This was my hottest Ben moment of the episode because he's course. wearing this, like, oversized black leather jacket and just, like, they're slowly <laughs> watching him walk away. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, I imagine. I don't know little, why. His cute little grin all the time. <laughs> yeah. When I was looking at that huge leather coat, I was like, I bet he smells really good. <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind, but I figured that this was one of the hot moments. And yeah, <laughs> I predicted. Yeah, hottest Ben moment. I'm like, I bet he smells so good. And that just came to mind. Sorry. <laughs> so now, yeah, we're finally all on good terms, uh, Felicity and her parents. And we see them actually get into a cab now they all hug and they're finally leaving going back to California and I think it's really nice to finally see them all on good terms and it must just be a huge weight off of Felicity's shoulders after the last two episodes of of this conflict which probably mm -hmm. spans a few months if it started on graduation until she moved in like that must have just been a really long tense summer too for her yeah. so I'm happy to see it has been mostly resolved. And we actually don't have a tape back from Sally this week, which I think is kind of a bummer. I love hearing from Sally, but yeah, she's now on her own in New York and grown up and her, I don't know, her expression at the end was like a little bit of relief or what did I just go through? I mean, I'm glad it's done, but like, yeah, now there might be just endless possibility. Right. I think she's kind of relieved, but it's also shocking and scary. Like, oh my gosh, like this is real. I really am here and I'm going to stay here and I am on my own and I do have to be independent. And I think that that kind of correlates with not getting that tape back from Sally and kind of like that mentor, you know, whatever reassurance that, that Sally usually provides. I think they did that on purpose to highlight that Felicity really is on her own now and she does need to find her own way. And yeah, just that closing shot on her face, it showed so much, um, so many different emotions going on and shit just got real. And I think mm -hmm. if we would have heard from Sally, it would have kind of taken something away from that moment, that newfound independence that was really just highlighted this entire episode. So I think that was um, a very intentional move on their part to cut the, the Sally narration at the end this time around. She'll be back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 
And that's the end of The Last Stand, episode two. And again, same question from last week. Does it hold up today? I think that besides the different forms of communication, <laughs> which is definitely <laughs> different, and the kids these days might not understand, like, why doesn't Julie just ghost Ben? Like, you know, he'll text her and she'll avoid him and that's that. Um, he's mm -hmm. like physically going to her dorm to talk to her and they're sending snail mail. <laughs> it's just, it's funny <laughs> to see uh, actually people conversing in real life and sending tapes and letters. But, you know, I think that the themes overall still hold up today. Mm -hmm. And I think this whole episode was really about growing up and finding independence from your parents. Being your own person is usually a always a relevant theme for people mm -hmm. going to college. And even though we didn't get much of Julie in this episode, I think that you know her being adopted is going to be a huge plot point for the the rest of the show. And I think that was such a heavy topic that didn't get a ton of time this episode, but I can't imagine also the struggle of loving your adoptive parents, but also wanting answers and wanting to meet your biological parents. So I think it'll be interesting to see that play out in the rest of the season. And I think that could also be a really interesting storyline for people mm -hmm. out there. I don't know that we really see many TV characters who are adopted. So we'll see if they handle it with care. We also this week are starting our hay counter. So something <laughs> that Felicity started to become known for back when it was airing live. Uh, they had promotional commercials that would show just tons of clips of them saying hey to each other in different <laughs> ways spliced together. And that was the that was the commercial for the TV show. So the show That's started funny. to uh, become known for their very frequent haze. So in this episode, we had nine haze, three each from Felicity, Ben and Noel. Uh, in the first one, we didn't get many. I think they were all meeting each other and getting to know each other. And so now as there's more relationships that get built and bonds that start, we'll get a lot more haze in the future to start conversations where we need to talk. Yeah, especially as more awkward situations arise, <laughs> the haze are going to become more frequent and more loaded. <laughs> and that's episode two. Thanks so much for listening and watching along with us on Felicity Was Here. We'll catch you next week with episode three. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Felicity Was Here is produced, written, and edited by Heather, Melissa, and Dr. Joe. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Felicity Was Here Pod. If you're enjoying the pod, please leave us a review and help us spread the word. We appreciate you and would love to hear from Felicity superfans like us. So send us your feedback, ask us your burning questions, or just say hey at felicitywashearpod at gmail.com. We may even read your note in a future episode. Talk to you all next week.